Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, how are you this fine day? Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, how did you fare in our listener league last week? Um, I don't know. I think I dominated, Mike. I think this was my first actually good week. Yeah, it, it must have been your first actually good week because you're finally out of the, the middle of the pack and you've, you've moved into the top four. That's right. I'm a play. I'm playoff bound. You uh, you certainly are something, maybe. Um, you schooled uh, Helio Dinica, which I'm still saying that wrong, eight to one. But uh, he had a he had some nasty trash talk. I think we have a learned scholar in the uh, in the listener league. <laughs> this uh, this Jerry guy is uh, kind of taught you a lesson here. Yeah, uh, he he broke my brain, man. I didn't I didn't even know what to say, right? I told him to bring the trash talk, and then he brought it so hard I couldn't even come back. Yeah, his um his name apparently means the judges of the ancient Olympic Games, which um, is far beyond my education. I uh, I cheated my way through uh, Greek, which I never took. I thought you were gonna say you cheated your way through sixth grade. <laughs> I, I did that too. I cheated my way through the uh, the Ro- all the Roman, you know, like all the old Roman stories or the Greek stories or whatever you're supposed to read in English. That's, so I, that was, that's way beyond my education level, Mike. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so even though he might know more about you than in, in, in Greek history, uh, you knew more about fantasy basketball than him, uh, last week at least. Yes, but I mean, we're still no one's really out of this too hard yet. I mean, we're still a pretty tight pack. Um, it is very early, very early. Everybody in the there are more people over five hundred or more. Uh, over half the league is five hundred or or more or more. I think it's better, not more. More. <laughs> I also, more. Did, I cheated my way through English. Uh, Mike, I think the big news is you finally dropped to second. Yeah, a tough, a tough week. Uh, also, some trash talk on Twitter. Trust the prospects. Uh, kind of uh, claiming that he was going to beat me a little too early, uh, and I snuck out the five four win. So uh, you, know, you better watch yourself. Trust the prospects. Dude, I, I got prospects in the rematch. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to go against you, Mike. Uh, we, we will see. Um, it, it is a long long season and uh, there's still a lot of weeks to be had before the playoffs start in, in most leagues and um, right now is not a time to really assume you're the best team or think you're the worst team yeah I mean there's probably somewhere around 15 weeks left still to go before the playoffs kick off in a lot of leagues so um, you've played four yeah that's that's not a lot so simple math will tell you that even if you're undefeated, you won all eight or nine or ten or twenty of your categories every single week. There's still a lot more time to get yourself knocked out of the playoffs. Yes, um, there's plenty, plenty of time to suck uh, for sure. Let's talk about some of the. I want to talk about something that doesn't news. suck, Mike. Oh, whoa! What doesn't suck? Draft.com doesn't suck. 
Hey, you're right. Draft.com does not suck. In fact, Draft.com is amazing. I have been killing it on Draft.com. I really? kept saying that all you guys were going to take my money, but you don't want to play me anymore because I figured out the secrets. Yeah, I actually don't think anyone wants to. Uh, I think everybody's kind of afraid of us because we've been killing it in Draft.com, which is a, if you haven't heard, which I assume you have if you've been listening to this podcast, is a daily fantasy basketball application, or uh, you can do it on the web as well, uh, where you basically do a snake draft every single day to pick players, and you you basically pit your team against, you could go head-to-head, you can go against three people, six people, ten people, and uh, each night is a new draft. So the best part of the fantasy season, you can do that really every single night and win, you know, cold, hard cash. And it's not just NBA, man. You can play NH- uh, yeah, NHL, yeah. NFL. I mean, you can play them all on there. You can even play, I believe, golf on there. Um, it's, I, I like the app. It's very slick. You use PayPal to uh, get your money in and out. Um, it's very simple to use. And if you use the promo code BOXES, you will get a free entry to your first draft as long as you use the promo code boxes when you sign up. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, that's a no risker there, right? I mean, that's only upside. There is no reason not to do it. I'm telling you, if you know fantasy basketball, it's, it's much different than like the, your your other daily fantasy basketball or daily fantasy, you know, apps or whatever those sites are. Um, I used to play those. I, really didn't take it seriously and i i kind of got smoked and it's simply because of, you know, of the way the budgets work and this is not like that at all you were literally doing a snake draft with a bunch of other people and that's right up my alley that's fancy basketball 101 and so if you're good at fancy basketball i think you'd be good at draft or at draft.com i'm 100 behind you and it's just fun man it's, it makes the watching the games every night more fun so if you're a fan of watching basketball You'd be a fan draft.com. Yeah, it, it does make my nightly – it makes it a little bit more stressful as well. But uh, when I, I'm winning more than I'm losing, and I, I can only say that uh, that's, that's, that's a pretty good sign. No doubt about that. You know, no one's taken us up on the, the offer to tweet at us using the promo code boxes so they can play us, and I think they're, everybody's scared out there. I think the listeners are scared. They don't want me to take their money. I mean, yeah. I thought they were going to take mine, but now I'm pretty sure I'm going to take theirs, so – yeah, play, Watch out. yeah, I'm looking forward to our first tweet. Uh, you so. know what? I'm hoping that. I'm hoping Jerry hits me up so I can take him on because I'm still mad that he schooled me in the trash talk. So I had to school him in our weekly league. But if he wants to hit me up on Drive.com, I'll school you on that too, Jerry. Yeah, bring it, bring it, uh, Greek freak. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go into some of the news that's been going on around the league. Uh, sad news. Sad news around uh, for all those Rudy Gobert owners. Uh, Gobert is expected to miss four to six weeks with a bone bone bruise in his right knee. Bron bruise? A bron bron bruise <laughs> in his right knee. It was um, um terrible news. Yes. So I mean, we can we can talk about the play or not talk about the play. I mean, I really that that really doesn't make any difference now. I mean, it happened. Yeah. Um, so the question is, what, what do we do now, right? Uh, he's out, right? We're not getting them back for a while? For quite a while. Four to six weeks is a very long time, especially for something like a bone bruise. Uh, yeah, I mean, and 
I gotta see him till somewhere around the new year, right? I yeah. Mean, so I, I mean, that's not ideal, and especially a lot of team. I mean, and I don't, I don't own him at all this year, which is surprising to me. Um, yeah, it's a guy we liked uh, overall. But I mean, I just feel like a lot of times, I when I own him, I kind of build a team specifically around what he's going to do for me, and so to miss him for four to six weeks is going to be a big hit to a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, so I mean, but he's a top thirty player, so like. Basically, you can't drop him because that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, if you don't have an IR, you can't. Uh, you you got to stash him on your bench, and that and that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, unless it's like an eight team league, like maybe you cut him in an eight or shallower. But yeah, I mean, even as ten or ten and twelve, I'm keeping hold of him, even if I don't have an IR spot. He's just too good to get rid of, right? Yeah, he's he's far too good to get rid of, and I I would assume with that long of a sitting out. When he comes back, he'll be all right, and um, he'll be able to come back and produce how he was currently producing before the injury. I think, you know, if you don't have an IR, even if you're an A-team league, I don't, I don't know if you can risk it. I mean, I'd rather, unless you're starting to get smoked in blocks and rebounds, but you're just going to have to stream very um, rebound block-centric, I guess, from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. Um, the interesting thing, I guess, is is kind of where where do you go? Do you punt those categories for a while? Do you – I mean, it all depends on your team too. I mean, that's what happens to me a lot is I end up just trying to punt those categories and go super hard in some other categories, um, especially in head-to-head leagues. Now, in Roto Leagues, obviously, that's just a big loss you're not getting for a while. So, yeah, on Utah, though um... – that does mean there are minutes to go around at the center spot. A lot of people immediately went up and picked out uh, Derek Favors off their waiver wire if he was still available, and uh, I think that was a that was a pretty good choice. Everyone should be picking up Derek Favors right now. I'm with you there. Um, I think that he's basically more comfortable, a lot more comfortable without Rudy on the court, um, and I think he's going to produce some modicum of of success. I don't know. Let me just see what your take is. If he can really ramp it back up to pre Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, or is he mm. somewhere in the what what range? Like where yeah. where's old Derek Favors? I, I hate to break it to everybody, but I don't think the addition of Rudy Gobert was the reason Derek Favors uh, dropped off the, the the planet here. I mean, he's had um, quite a few injuries over the last couple of years. And I, I just think uh, those kind of wore on him and the team decided to move away from Derek Favors. So I think he will be playing better considering he'll be playing um, extended minutes and he will have a lot more uh, room on the court without Rudy Gobert there to, uh, to operate. But is he a top 30, top 40 player from uh, for the next four to six weeks? I highly doubt it. No, I don't think so either. The blocks have kind of gone down again this year, even though he's playing more minutes. So that's not ideal, obviously. Um, I'm really interested to see where he falls. Yeah, he has a brutal free throw percentage, and uh, that uh, he doesn't shoot a lot of them, but it's, it's he's shooting 64. percent So that kind of sucks. But he is a one one type of threat, and that's what was always super interesting about him back in the day. But like, guess what? In today's NBA. Uh, there's a lot more one-one guys, and if you're only straddling that one-one line, you know, eh, you're all right. 
you're not you're not a top 50 player so what other players were uh, are going to be positively affected on utah from the absence of rudy gobert well we can talk about the other big news right where they started donovan mitchell yeah that um, was that was a nice thing to see and they've been running several Oshie extra minutes i mean we can talk about him too if you want um now joe johnson's been out right so He's going to come back and get some minutes, and that'll kind of throw what we've been seeing the last few games. Uh, it's a slight bit off kilter, I think. But, man, Donovan Mitchell, he's he's got that sexy look to him, right? Like he can score, he can handle the ball, he can do some fancy things. But, I mean, that field goal percentage is just looking ugly, ugly on a lot of shots a game. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal if you care – about your percentages, but I mean, other than that, if you ignore his percentages, right? Um, why, like, why not own him in a standard league if you don't care about free uh, field goal? Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, half a block a game too. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to keep up necessarily, but he's doing it in the defensive categories, which is something we like. 14 points, you know, almost two threes a game. And if the minutes go up, I mean, he's only playing 26.1 for the season. If the minutes go up. Man, he could be sexy for fantasy, barring that that bad bad field goal percentage. Yeah, any any worry about Ricky Rubio's like like really weird couple nights? He's like shooting absolute trash over the last few evenings. Uh no, I'm not super worried in the sense that I think that he was shooting really hot, and now he sh- was. And I mean, the thing that has been weird if if you want to say that is the assists have been down but i think that's kind of an, a little bit of an anomaly too yeah, and, i think there's just something up right now like uh, especially with the injuries and the adjustments with the the rotation like you know something's up with the ricky rubio and well i'm not worried about it though this might well, be talk- by low oh no doubt we talked about this with the guys like paul Millsap, right in the last couple shows is just I think these guys all kind of take a little bit of time to find their level, to fit in with the new team, to just kind of feel out everybody. And so I think that he's still kind of in that process now. And they have more upheaval, right? Because things just continually change with the starting lineup and then the injury. So I think Ricky will be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It looks like uh, they're really just kind of playing more Cephalosha, more Donovan Mitchell. Um a little bit more. They'll probably play a little bit more Joe Johnson. It doesn't look like they're going to directly replace Rudy Gobert because really they don't have anyone to directly replace him. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Um, the thing I'll say about Cephalosha is if you need steals, I mean, he's a great source of that, especially like stream, stream-wise. Now, he's not great to hold, right, because he doesn't do a lot else. But, I mean, if you really need a steals guy, I, I have no problem holding him. Um. Another interesting guy is Rodney Hood, right? Okay, so he got replaced in the starting lineup, and I saw some panic because he's kind of a back-end guy, right? And everyone was like, oh, you know, what do, what do I do with Rodney Hood? You know, and then yeah. he's been pretty good, even since he got benched. Um, probably just a point streamer, though, right? I mean, like, he doesn't really do much else. No, not much else there. And I, I, We were not huge Rodney Hood fans going into the season, and – I'm still not. I'm still not a Rodney Hood fan. He's just he scores. Well, and too, you got to worry about the injuries. Like, I mean, for the price that Rodney Hood was going in some drafts, I definitely wasn't on board, and I think that's going to prove to be uh, pretty good on our part. 
So yeah, let's talk about uh, D'Angelo Russell. He's he's been out. He's gonna be out for about three or four games. It doesn't seem too serious, right? But uh, in, unless there's been breaking news since I last read, what, what happened? Well, and this is another one of those injuries where, okay, they say he's gonna miss several games. Like, what does that really mean? I don't know. Um. Yeah, it could be one of those things too, where we're saying three, and then three turns into a Kawhi Leonard. I mean, who knows, right? I I don't think it's going to be that drastic. It's um, diagnosed as a left knee contusion, and those can be pretty legit. I mean, Rudy Gobert's got a bone bruise, right? So it's not as bad as a, as a bone bruise. Which, man, if that's going to put you out four or six weeks, that's it's pretty brutal, right? But a left knee contusion is probably like, is the minor version of that, and so that lingers, right? Yeah, and I mean, we've seen guys, and and I won't speak specifically to Nets players, but I I know we've seen in the last few years guys say, oh, he's got a knee contusion, and then it turns out that actually what he had was Rudy Gobert's bone bruise that misses four to six weeks. So So, it's very much up in the air at this point. Uh, Our friends at Basketball Monster are reporting that he comes back next week. Would you try to move to Russell? Are are you worried about this injury enough to try try to move D'Angelo? Not really. I mean, I we have no reason to think that it's super serious at this point. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if they come back in a week and say, "Oh, he's out another week," and then he's out another week, and then I mean, Seth Curry, right? We thought, "Oh, he might miss the first week of the season," and here we are, five weeks in, and he still hasn't played a game. It has been a while since we have seen Seth Curry. So I guess that's my point is just because they say it's only a few games, they lie, man. They lie. <laughs> yeah, and what's the rush, right? If you're if you're the Nets, what's the rush to bring D'Angelo back so he can get hurt again? He's someone you've invested uh, building around, so he is a point guard of the future for you, and there's no reason to rush him back. On top of that, the Nets aren't trying to win games. They're trying to get in that lottery. So – you know, what? what is the reason to rush him back, which makes Spencer Dimwitty uh, a lot more interesting fancy prospect. Yeah, and, I mean, is there any reason not to own Spencer Dinwiddie while D'Angelo is out? I, no. I think he's kind of a pick-up and hold, right? I mean, he's got to be the point guard. There's no one else that's going to be the point guard on, the, on this team. I know that um, Archie Goodwin has... A, a pretty good night in uh, in in Brooklyn here, but um, again, I guess he had a good night against Chicago. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chalk that up to literally anything. Well, and here's what I'll say: right, he missed the last game uh, with an injury. They say he's ready to play. Um, now he is Spencer Dinwiddie, so don't freak out. Let me t- let me take that back. I'm looking at a like a. I was looking at a really wrong game there. To ignore everything I just said about Spencer Dinwiddie. What in the world was I looking at? I didn't play the Bulls. I don't know. I I was not sure what you were talking about with the Bulls. I know. Uh, I I I, I, kind I of thought you were like maybe a, a game that happened in 2016. I thought maybe you were talking about one of your fantasy games here. You just made it up, just in your mind. Um, what the so hell was I clicking on? Dinwiddie ought to get some good assists, right, and some. De- some decent steals. Um, he's had a couple 20-point games this year. 
I don't know that you're going to see that, but I mean, anything's possible. He could see, a, I would guess probably about 10 shots. So, I mean, if he really can hit, there's a, there's some upside there. He's not going to be great, but he's going to be worth holding. I think until does that, um, back. does that like bump up the, the value of Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll? I mean, we talked about this the last time, right? Who would we rather have Lavert or Crabb? I think it, it it boosts up the value of Lavert a little bit in the sense that I think he's probably going to see a few more minutes. Um, they're really light on on ball handling guards and guards in general now, right? They lost Lynn. They lost Russell. I mean, are they going to play Isaiah Whitehead? I mean, maybe, yeah, but... I doubt it. But that's not, that doesn't sound too appealing. So I could see him kind of running like a Lavert Crabb backcourt. And... I mean, I don't know where they get the ball handling from. Maybe let Damari Carroll handle it a little bit. I mean, that might go badly, but I mean, they're going to have to do something. Joe Harris, does he get in there and handle the ball a little mm, bit? I mean, no. there's a lot of ugly no. names here. So could we see Dimwini playing like 38 minutes a night? I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, probably not 38 minutes, right? But 30 plus. Yeah, and, and that's that's a lot for a, a Nets player, right? Mr. Kenny Atkinson does not like to play anyone more than 30 minutes a night. So I would guess you see something like 30 and 18 for Isaiah Whitehead. Maybe, or, you know, maybe we let Crab handle the ball and be the de facto point guard. Um, I'd be interesting to see how they chalk it up here tomorrow night. Yeah, it'll be an interesting few days over in Brooklyn. Uh, D'Angelo hopefully back sooner than later. And I uh, I figured out where I had my um, my stroke out here just, just now. <laughs> is that I wanted to talk about the return of Rajon Rondo. Oh my lord, let's and let's not. Let's just call I, it a night. Uh, I ended up clicking on a the the final Bulls game of last year. Uh when I saw Jimmy Butler's name, I was like real confused on the box score. Uh because Spencer Dimwitty did play 31 minutes. <laughs> they scored 73 points and the Bulls smoked them. So, you know, good times back in the day uh, when the Bulls were on their way to the playoffs to beat the Boston Celtics until Rondo got injured. And uh, Rondo is back from injury right now. Yeah, he played, what, five tonight? Um, He had a minute's limit of – he played if he had a six minute limit, right? He could play six minutes uh, and he played five. Why Why are you even playing him if the limit is six minutes? Get them. I guess the whole thing was he could he only had the stamina probably to play six minutes, and they didn't want him to sit and then go back out. He's pretty old, and um, so that that's just my guess. Um, so obviously it's going to be a rough few weeks. Obviously he's worth owning and, and holding. Uh, is now the moment you try to sell Rajon Rondo? He's back. You held him. Do you try to sell him? Mm-hmm. Because, I don't think his value is high enough to 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 sell him, unless you think he's going to be such a complete. Like, if you think he's just going to be a big turd the rest of the year and he's not going to play a, a a ton, and you think, you know, he's just going to struggle, then yeah, I guess if you think he's going to fall out of the, a standard league value once he plays two full weeks, then yeah, move him right now. Well, and here's the worry with Rondo, right? Is Rondo's a I, I I mean, whatever you want to call it, he's been known to get benched here in the last few years. He's been known to 
see the minutes take a hit for at least parts of the season, right? For not really too much of an apparent reason. Um, and the other thing too is, I mean, other than the great assists he gives you and the steals, right? Like he doesn't help your percentages. He's going to get you some rebounds, but like no blocks. And I mean, he's, what is he going to score? Maybe 10 points a game? Maybe, probably it's, not even. Yeah, it's so, going to take him a couple weeks to get even just back into playing shape, let alone into the swing of things. So, you know, it's going to be another month or so before he's hitting it at, at all cylinders. And, you know, that's a long time to wait. So if you think you can get some value for Ajon Ronda right now for someone who needs a guard, you know, why why not? Yeah, so uh, you want to look at some guys. Maybe we could we could play the would you rather move Mr. Rondo for? Sure. Let's uh, throw throw him at me. All right. You have Rajon Rondo. And you can buy the currently injured Stephen Adams. Ooh. How long is he out uh, Stephen Adams out for? Uh, kind of a day-to-day injury. Could be back at any point. I'd much rather have Stephen Adams. So would I. Um, yeah. He did sit out, right, the last two games, but That's okay. I think he's going to be back in, in relative short order. So there's there's kind of one you can pop off real quick. Um, let's see here. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Oh, I like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. He's great. You'd rather have him than Rondo? Oh, yeah, definitely. And isn't that the type of move that can be made, especially in a lot of leagues where Rondo has the – the name value, right? Oh, he's a point guard. Oh, he yeah, gets... nobody cares about Rondo Hellas Jefferson, even though he's played pretty well over the last two games, right? But uh, you're right, Rondo has the the name recognition. Uh, Gary Harris, your boy. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'd rather have Gary Harris. Um, and, and these are all trades I think that you can kind of make. I'll go even a little further down. How about someone like JJ Redick? I think I'd rather have JJ Redick. That's what I mean. Like the, these players that I'm. Um, I'm saying don't really have much risk, right? You know pretty much what you're going to get from these guys. Let me let let's me throw one more at you. All right, let's do it. Etwan Moore. Oh, golly. I, I think I got to take Rondo at that point. I mean. Etwan Moore is going to suffer from the return of Rondo. And if Rondo is playing well, Etwan Moore is probably not playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, and I mean, Etuan Moore just isn't a super fantasy-friendly guy in the role he's going to be asked to play, which is, you no. know, right now he's getting the ball in his hands a little bit more, I think, than, I mean, we know what happens when Rondo gets out there, right? It's Rondo, 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 Rondo. Rondo. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that Etuan Moore, and I, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, even Drew Holiday, when Rondo gets back out to play, and I think Drew Holiday's value is going to take a hit. Would you try to sell Drew Holiday right now? Oh, 100%. I've been telling people to sell Drew Holiday for like the last two weeks. Um, I'm with you there. I think we you, you should definitely be selling Drew Holiday. Um, I got Drew Holiday on in the Listener League, and I tried to move him earlier to some team, and the guy's like, I listened to your podcast, you idiot. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I couldn't trick him into, into taking Drew Holiday. Do you think he listens to our podcast in the Listener League? Now, that's just crazy talk. Was, I, you know, I didn't really think that one through. <laughs> I, I have Raj. on me. I picked up Rajon Rondo off the waivers, so I'm going to have to try to trade him before this post. So I'm going to have to send out all, a whole bunch of offers just right now as we're recording this. Not the worst idea. Um, let's let's talk about streaming, you know? we Let's um, talk about streaming. 
That's the let's new... talk about streaming. Is that is that let's talk about sex, but let's talk about streaming? Uh it might have been. I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, I didn't think it we're, through. We're gonna work on that. We're we're gonna work on that one. Um, but no, uh, Tyler, out on hashtag bestball.com, you every single week on uh, Sunday evening you publish a uh, a, a week a fancy week primer, and it's probably one of the best articles out there that you can find if you are preparing especially if you're in a weekly league but if even in a daily league it is a good way to prepare for the week ahead so you can get an idea of what teams are playing more games what players are are more interesting than other ones and uh, i thought i would uh let you wax on about it and maybe you know i can ask you some questions about this thing all right so yeah i mean uh so the goal of it, right, is is for head-to-head leagues to maximize your games, right? That's the easiest way to win. Um, it will always be always the easiest. Be yeah, it should always yeah. be doing that. It would always be the easiest way to win in a head-to-head league. So, I mean, the schedule this week is just not great for it. Um, and we can talk about a little bit why here in a minute. Um, the the games are actually we got a good spread of games, but they're a weird spread in the sense that four we got. One only one team playing two games, which is nice, right? We got nine teams playing four games, and then the other twenty all play three games. So that sounds like a good mix, right? Of games, like sure. And it sounds like you know we could use these nine teams to kind of get a nice advantage, and we can sit most of our thunder player to you know minimize that. But it's like the way the schedule falls with we have three pretty heavy days and then the rest of the days like have almost no games. The getting the back-to-backs this week became very, very difficult. And this is where the new schedule, you're starting to see affect how fantasy basketball is played. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know, and there's, there's a few more weeks like this coming up where it's just like, Oh man, this is not, not good for anything. So, um, we can talk a little bit more about the article and then I'll talk about what I really want to recommend most people do in their head to head leagues. Um, yeah. Well, I would say since this is a, a, a week where the, not a lot of teams are playing more than three games, this is a very important week to be uh, maximizing your, your waiver moves. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And, um, I talked a little bit about quality games, right? The Warriors, the Celtics, and the Rockets all have three games where their schedule is very, very light. Um, so those guys are probably worth picking up and holding a little bit, even if they're worse players, right? Like we can talk about guys like Andre Iguodala. Like he's not getting a ton of minutes. He's not getting a ton of production. But if you can get three games of Andre Iguodala versus, let's say, one game of Rodney Hood. Yeah. Right? like. Andre Iguodala could score more points than Rodney Hood's one game in his three games. Plus all the intangibles that uh, right. Iguodala usually brings. And so that's that's kind of how you got to look at things, right? Like, okay, we can all agree that Rodney Hood is probably a better points player than Andre Iguodala if points is the only category you care about this week. It's the only category you think is going to be close. But three games versus one, you got to look at that too. And that's where I think people mess up streaming the most is – they don't look at the number of games they're going to get from a player. They just look at, ooh, this guy gives me 15 points a game. Yeah. Oh, or or the reverse, right? They'll uh, they'll look at how many 
games they'll they'll get. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get four games versus three games, and it's like, well, four games from Andre Roberson is not the same as as three games from let's say Alex Lynn. Yeah, and you also got to pay attention to your lineup, and that's the part of this this whole schedule article I can't do. Right is I said there's there's three heavy game days. There's eleven games on Wednesday and Friday, and there's nine games. There were nine games on Monday night. So obviously you're, you're done with Monday night now. So Wednesday and Friday there's eleven games apiece. Maybe you can still stream on a Wednesday or Friday though. Maybe you have a couple of guys on some of those teams that aren't playing. I don't know your roster, so I I can only help you so much. I guess is my point. You got to look at your actual roster and work around the schedule a little bit yourself yeah we're, we're here to get you like 75 percent of the way um everybody else you're just gonna have to take our decision making and get you the rest of that 25 percent. so let's make some decisions on who uh we might look into streaming this week let's do it so you gotta i like this you got a, a top 10 of people owned in 40 percent or less of leagues, and that's a, I think that's a pretty good uh, starting spot. Who is uh, one of your favorite guys on this list? So we talked about one of them. It's Donovan Mitchell. It's probably my favorite one this week, and I think we we maybe glossed over a little quickly why. Right? Is just all the production is really good except for that field goal percentage. So, I mean, even in leagues. Okay, Roto Leagues, will exclude those, right? He's probably not a great Roto player at this point because the shot attempts are heavy. In any other league, I think I can cover Donovan Mitchell's tracks almost and maybe still even win that field goal percentage if I've got a pretty solid field goal percentage team. So I'm probably picking up Donovan Mitchell and holding him even, right? So this is kind of a stream for the week in a weekly league. But I would say that Donovan Mitchell is probably a hold for the rest of the season for me and pretty much all head-to-head leagues. I'm a, I'm a little surprised about one of the players on this list. All right, let's hear it. He is owned in only 30% of leagues, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Taj Gibson is a starter on the, on, on the T-Wolves. Ta- Taj Gibson is playing 31 minutes a night. Taj Gibson is getting has had multiple games with double-digit rebounds. He's even hit a few three-pointers, which is, um, you know, who isn't shooting threes this year? How I understand he doesn't really do much else than points and rebounds, but in a standard league, those good percentages plus points and rebounds, why why would you not maybe even own Tosh Gibson? Well, here's the worry, right, is we – there's not there's not a lot of points right he's not even getting double digits so that's kind of a bad a bad check mark there half a block from a big man like you don't love that right um we talk about this all the time right threes are up like crazy his point two he's getting you is a a negative okay so then you go one one assist a game like okay well one assist is an assist but doesn't everybody get close to one assist? I, I think you're making some good points of why he's not maybe owned in standard leagues. Uh, I think if you need points and rebounds, though, that this is a nice end of the bench guy to to own. But better yet, like you've indicated, he is a incredibly good stream candidate if you're going to need rebounds off the waiver wire. 
And I think some people were surprised I put Tyson Chandler over him, but I think we've just hit on it, right? What is Taj Gibson? He's really kind of a rebound stream, right? Well, Tyson Chandler, even in the minutes he's getting, right, which is not a lot, he is a rebounding machine. He's in the top 20 in the NBA in rebounds this season. In like 20-something minutes, right? Yeah. So we're talking kind of about two rebound streams there. So you want the guy with more rebounds at that point. So that's why I had Tyson Chandler ahead. Now, Tosh Gibson is getting us over a Steeler game this season, but I have no reason to think that holds up considering he's been right around half to 0.6 steals per game for his entire career, even when he's played similar minutes to what he's playing now. So I don't really understand why some people think that number is going to hold. I think he's just kind of gotten a little bit lucky in the first 12 games. Yeah, and now with the uh, addition of Greg Monroe, into that situation um, who, you know, all uh, there's a potential, you know, I, I said, go take a flyer on Greg Monroe. The injury looks like it's lasting a little longer than I thought it would, which is a little disappointing. I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep this, uh, taking this flyer on Greg Monroe. I'm a little pot committed at this point, but uh, possibly a bad decision to take a flyer on Greg Monroe in one of my shallower leagues, but in a standard league, I'm still I'm still gonna hold. I mean, let's see. What, I I want to see what happens because uh, I'm, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm not struggling in my head to head league. And here's what I said about about that. Right, I had Tyson Chandler and Alex Len was number ten on my my list for the week. But here's what I said, and here's why I went with Tyson Chandler at number three and Alex Len at number ten. I said, even if Greg Monroe comes back, if I'm going to bet that Tyson Chandler or Alex Len keeps their spot and Greg Monroe fills the spot of one of those two guys, I'm going to say that Tyson Chandler keeps playing minutes and Alex Len is the one who gets replaced by Greg Monroe. Uh, I think that's a pretty good hypothesis. And so, right, I could be wrong about that. I don't get to coach the Suns, unfortunately. It would be cool if I did. Um, But that's the way I went with it. So. If you some reason feel like Alex Len is their guy, maybe you don't, maybe you're switched up on that, but I'm not I'm not falling for it. Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think Alex Len would already be the guy if he was their guy. And we've, well, and we've he's playing said on that, that qualifying. He's playing on that qualifying offer too, which makes me think like he's gone regardless. So why they're they're not really committed to him at all anymore? You know what I mean? Well, future Chicago Bull is is what I just heard. Uh, let's talk about two more Phoenix Suns players. Tyler Eulis and Mike James kind of uh, switching starting roles here. Is there is there anything to take from that? Well, I mean, we've now we we were here last week, right, where we said Mike James is starting and he's getting more minutes. And, we're like, keep Mike James. And now it looks like it's switching the other way, where it's still kind of they're still splitting the minutes, but now Eulis is going to start, and Eulis is going to get the twenty seven, twenty eight. And Mike James looks like he's going to be around the 20. And, I mean, I think this is going to be a headache. I think they both are going to shoot terrible field goal percentages. They're both going to get you some assists and, like, two rebounds a game and, like, eight points and just be a huge headache. Um, I think the guy you really want to own and the guy who's going to have some extra ancillary value than what we thought is Devin Booker. Yeah, he's been surprisingly uh, 
better. You know, we kind of thought he was a one-trick pony, and uh, it looks like he's adding some things to his game, uh, some rebounds and some assists, and uh, it looks like they're almost trying to develop him into some sort of point guard hybrid uh, of some sort because they obviously got rid of Bledsoe. They didn't want him to play with Bledsoe at all. Uh, and and Ulysses and James are super incompetent. Uh, even with James getting um, less minutes here with Ulysses starting, I mean, is is Mike James still the better fantasy player, or or, or do you think Ulysses' ability to get steals is is something to be interested in? I honestly think they're pretty much the same in the sense that I don't know that I want to really own either one. Streaming anyone, though, any night, I think that they could at any time get you some decent assists and a few rebounds and a steal and maybe 10 points. I think we saw some anomalous shooting games from Mike James, and that's making his fantasy value look better than it could possibly be. But I would agree he has the higher ceiling, right? Like, I don't think you're going to see Tyler Eula scoring 24 points in a game at any point this season, like we saw Mike James already do once. And he scored 18 points three more times. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's all about the minutes. And I think you kind of, you said it correctly when you said they're basically the same player. I mean, they're not exactly the same player. And Mike James is definitely going to be a little bit more of a scorer. But whoever's getting 27 or more minutes is the person to stream. Yeah. And in this case, Tyler Ulysses. is. So if you hear Mike James is starting, just switch it up. Yep, just do the old swap around there. Um, yeah, I just, I'm not super intrigued by either one though, right? Like this is not, uh, it's not a Donovan Mitchell situation where I'm saying, hold this guy. I'm saying, have him, own him for a few games, kick him to the back curb, have him for a few more games, kick him to the curb. Like if, if Mike and I are playing in the same league and I own Mike James today and then, oh, I cut him and Mike picks him up. I'm like, okay, Mike, well, you enjoy his four rebounds and. Like I don't care, right? I just like whatever. It's you you have to be able to part with uh, at least two to three players on your roster uh, because there's there's always you would hope that the bottom of your roster. And I actually think this is a little bit of a handcuff, right? If you have a roster so deep, where your bench, if you drop them, someone would pick them up immediately and they would start on another team. You need to make a trade. That's oh. not that's just not worth the value. Like I understand you're streaming these guys in. You're probably uh very doing very well in your league because you have all these very good bench players, right? But if you can't stream games, you're going to play 3 to 5 less games than the next person and you're still going to be at a disadvantage even though you have the better players. And you know, you don't have to win every trade. I think this is kind of a common misconception, right? Is you know, maybe I'm giving the guy more, a little bit more value than I'm getting back. But at the same point, I'm, my team is getting better. So, like, you know, maybe I trade a top 50 player and a top 70 player for the best I can get to a top 40 player. Well, the top 40 player is better than the top 50 player I traded. And the top 70 player, the seven games or five games or however much streaming my streaming spots will allow me is going to be better than that top 70 players three or four games in most weeks yeah this is it i think a lot of people are like okay whoever gets the best player in this trade won or whoever 
happens to fleece the other guy. Uh, oh, that idiot thought Joe Johnson was good. I got him. It's like, okay, great, great job, right? But those are like, those are leagues with people who are, if you're so much better than a, than a lot of people and you're like fleecing like three to five people in your league with trades, like maybe you're playing in the wrong league. Like if you know what you're doing, tra- challenge yourself. Uh, find a group of people who actually n- uh, know something about fantasy basketball and play them and then see how you fare. And this is, this is something that you don't learn from buy low and sell high. If you can technically lose a trade, like, Oh, like I looked at the two, I compared the, the two sides of that trade and side B one and side a lost. It was like, well, I was side a, but I'm in a roto league. And that was one of my bench players and I was never going to play him. And I needed an upgrade at center. And now I have an upgrade at center. The, I actually won that trade, even though I got the, technically I got the worst player. Yeah, and here's another thing I'll say, right? And this is why I hate leagues where they vote is no one really knows what the value of any of these players are in the sense that things can change super, super quickly. Um, and I'll tell you a quick story here. Um, so during Nikola Jokic's rookie year, um, you guys can go back and look at this, uh, but some of you will probably remember, like he started off the year and he was barely playing and he wasn't producing much at all. And uh, I mean, for about the first, it was about five games, maybe 10 games into the season. Right. And like he had topped out at like probably 18 minutes a night. And I got this trade offer and it was Nikola Jokic for Mike Conley straight up. And I couldn't hit except fast enough. Right. It was like, okay, Mike Conley was a beast at that time and like a top 30 player. And Nikola Jokic had barely played at all. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, this sounds good. And so I made the deal. And for a few weeks, it still looked pretty good. And then Nikola Jokic started breaking out in the second half of that season. And Mike Conley set out the entire second half of that season with that Achilles injury. And that dude won that trade. He fleeced me in that trade. And everybody in the league thought I fleeced him. And, you know, technically, at the time, you you did. Uh, and that the guy didn't have any insight in, into the the rotation unless his like dad was the coach of the Denver Nuggets. But you know that rotation was real weird. That were Nurkic and Jokic there for a while, but Jokic was you know not an unknown player. People thought he he could be very good. So it's not like this was you know a veto esque trade. It was just at the time looked like a bad trade. And then, yeah, it turned out it didn't. And that's why vetoes, being able to vote to veto trades, never works. Stop playing in leagues. Stop setting up your league where players can vote on trades. That's how trades never get done. Yeah, I mean, and and that that's just one example, right, of we, we don't really know. Maybe that guy knew something. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he got lucky, right? But luck is sometimes a part of this, right? So if you just have a hunch that, I don't know, Austin Rivers is going to be the best player in fantasy in the second half, and that's really what you think. That if that's the trade you want to make, man, if you want to trade Austin Rivers for Giannis, it, it, I, go for it, man. That's It's your team. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, st- also if you're in a, in a league where people are able to vote on trades, stop, stop being a dick. 
stop vetoing trades just because you're not part of the trade. Stop vetoing trades because you think someone's getting screwed over. If it's not collusion, it should be vetoed, and that's how this works. Yeah, I'm with you there. Bad managers do not count. If there's a bad manager, I got an idea. Trade with that dude. Like, go get some of his players. Yeah, right? I mean, like, if he's making bad trades, make one with him. Say, hey, man, I'll give you my Emmanuel Moutier for your insert good player here. Ben Simmons. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. That's not a bad trade. So I think that is it for tonight. Tyler, do you have any um, anything to plug? I think you just put out a – you know how I love those – those drafts, those mock drafts, 2018 mock drafts, because it is the only thing I care about as a Chicago Bulls fan. Uh, yeah, so one just ran there um, on Sunday afternoon. It is a beast, a relative 8,000 words of things about all of the first-round prospects in the 2018 mock draft. And I will say this, it looks like a pretty deep draft. And this, for the first time in a while that I can remember, there's like five guys, I think, that could all legitimately be the number one pick at this point. And we got a guy coming up on the outside, right, from from Europe, and we don't see those number one picks very often. And then there's kind of like five guys playing, or four guys playing in the NCAA this season that all are kind of pushing for that spot. But no one is consensus at this point, right? Like the last few years we've had, oh, Ben Simmons, he's the consensus number one guy. Marco Fultz, he's the consensus number one guy. We don't have that this year. And so I kind of like that as making the draft a little bit more intriguing. Well, what's wild is that any one of those guys, like you're saying, could be the number one pick. But any one of those guys could deserve the number one pick, which means having a top five pick this year, you you might be stumbling into a uh, pretty legit, Superstar. Yeah, and if you're a draft fan, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm not a guy who watches like a crazy amount of college basketball like some people, but there is a game on Tuesday evening. Duke is playing Michigan State, and literally half of my top ten is playing in that game. Yeah. So I, if, I'm, I'm actually going to watch that game. I'm going to watch so much more college basketball this year. If you are going to watch a college basketball game – all season long, this might be the one. Um, there's half of my top ten. You can read the article to, to see the players. There's three guys from Duke in my top ten. There's two guys from Michigan State. It's going to be exciting. Um, I, I'm 100% looking forward to college basketball season this year. Um, I, I What I like the most is that no matter where the Bulls end up, there's a good chance they're not going to be able to make a wrong pick. I mean, they'll make they'll make the wrong pick, but hopefully they can't make a terrible pick, simply because there's so much talent in the draft. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think she think that they did all right last year. Says that they got Markinen, who looks like a solid NBA the, player. The Bulls uh, draft well. That's about all they do. And you know what I mean. And there's so many talented guys in the big Bulls. Let's face it; they're going to have one of the five worst records, right? I mean, like, there's no way that doesn't happen. So they're going to be in prime position to get somebody pretty juicy. Yeah, I'm actually worried if they, they get the number one pick, though, that they'll, they'll, they'll totally blow it. 
Um, and there's a couple of guys even later in that first round that I, I kind of really like. So I, I think they're going to be all right, regardless of where they go in that top 10. Yeah, man. You you just think like the like this rookie class is pretty stellar. Last year's rookie class was pretty stellar. There's a couple of good guys in the one before that. You just really think like, oh, like the NBA is going to be like somehow more talented in the near future than it is right now. And that seems impossible. Well, I think we're just getting a lot more like hybrid players, right? And we don't have like these molds of like, you're a giant big man who can't ever touch the ball and just dunks it like a DeAndre Jordan type, right? We don't see those guys much anymore. And we've gotten a lot more amorphous with the positions and a lot more shooting. And so it's just, we're we're making more talented players, and now we're getting a newer, more talented brand of basketball. I think. And I think they're the coaches aren't forcing these kids at a young age to be like, "Hey, you're the tallest guy on the court. Work on your post moves. That's it." Nope. It's like, oh yeah, if that guy can dribble and run and and pass, like he should be doing those things too, because that's incredibly valuable. Well, yeah, and then you got guys like Ben Simmons, right? Like in there was a what, time. Yeah. Or Ben Simmons would have never would never be Ben Simmons, right? He would be a post player because he's huge. But I mean, he can do those things, and someone at some point let him do those things, and that's important. Yeah, those are like in the '90s. Those are the kids who got yelled at in in high school basketball practice for shooting threes. So yep. I'm shooting. Actually, Ben Simmons should probably still get yelled at for shooting threes. But it's like, oh, you're six ten. Stop shooting threes. Oh man, I gotta tell you this. So this was this was the best thing about my mock draft, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this quick story. So I, I was looking through the people, and I don't know if you remember this guy from last year's draft or not. He was like in there for a hot minute, and he kind of made a little bit of noise because he was gonna be the first guy in this era who didn't go to college and could, was eligible for the draft. His name is Hamadou Diallo. Um, he plays for Kentucky. I won't tell that part of the story today but i found this article and it was basically just coach calipari ripping this guy saying that if he ever shoots a three-pointer he's immediately going to bench him because he apparently is a terrible shooter and just loves to chuck and coach calipari just goes crazy in this article about if you shoot i'm gonna bench you so if read the read the thing when you get to his thing click on the article about uh, Hamadou Diallo and his no three-point shooting. Huh. I will I will check that out for sure. Where can, where, where can we find a, that article? This this guy's a wing, so like it's kind of weird, and I think it's going to hurt his draft stock a little bit, but he's a freaky, freaky athlete, so uh, oh, he's yeah, still he's kind, kind of, of a monster. I'm looking at him right now. He's still kind of in the middle of my first time. Um, the easiest way to probably find it, because it'll get kind of buried on the site that it's on, is just go to my Twitter. Um, I'll be tweeting it out. It'll probably be one of the top tweets because I, I I got them scheduled to do a couple more tweets of it, um, in the next few days. What's uh What's your Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Watsy four 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 four. Perfect, and you can find me at Watch the Boxes. And if you guys, if you like the podcast and you want to send us feedback, send us you know tweet us directly. We respond to stuff pretty quickly. And uh, if you have suggestions for the show, things you want to hear about, uh questions etc topics new segments you got ideas for new segments just tweet at us and uh we'll uh we'll basically do that for you because we're why not you know let's uh, we gotta give the people what they want you know 
And if you go to draft.com, be sure to use the promo code boxes. And if you want to tweet that at us as well, so we can steal your money at draft.com, that would be fantastic for us. Come too. at me, Jerry. Come at me, man. Yeah. I'm waiting. Bring it, Jerry. We're, we're waiting for you. Um, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, anything else, Tyler? Uh, no, that's it, man. All right, let's call it one. We will catch you guys very soon. Thanks for joining us.